Teeth. What is wrong with you? Have you ever asked that question? I'm sure I have. You know, when people are not acting like they normally do, or when they're not acting like normal human beings, we might ask the question, what is wrong with you? Okay, sometimes we do that. And, you know, I think right now we sometimes ask that about people, but people are asking that about us. People are asking that in our culture about the church and about Christians because they look at Christians and they say, man, those people, they're a little bit different, okay? They think different, they act different. What is wrong with them? I don't understand why they do what they do. And it's becoming an increasing problem because people are beginning to look at Christians and right or wrong because we're not all the same and yet we're all painted sort of with the same brush. People are walking away from the church. We see this over and over again, studies done and then redone, and we see people going from the church rather than into the church. A 2015 study said this, that 35% of millennials, young adults, okay, identified themselves as atheists, agnostics, or had no religion. More than a third, okay? It's the largest demographic group in our country. More than a third of them are what we now call Nuns. What do we mean by that? When they have to choose a religion on some kind of survey, they say, none of the above. I'm not interested in God, not interested in religion. And so they're walking away from the church. Now that's troubling, and we don't really like to think about all this stuff. We don't like to think about those facts, but they're out there, and we really need to grapple with them. Now, why is this happening? Well, today I've got a video I want to show you that explains some of that. And, and frankly, it's a little uncomfortable. The guy's probably going to say some stuff you don't want to hear, I don't want to hear, and yet I think it's important for us to understand why young adults and people in general would walk away from the church. Let's listen to what he has to say. Now, you may react to that video and what he has to say in any number of ways. Maybe you sort of see that and go, you know, I don't know if he's right. I don't really think that's true. I'm not sure why millennials are walking away from the church, but I don't really believe that. Well, the thing is, this is not the only place that you could find that information. Lots of the articles that we read right now and the books that we read tell us the same things. This is what the studies are showing, the reasons why young adults are leaving the church. And in fact, as I said before, it's larger than that. It's adults of all ages walking away from the church. And this is troubling. So we can't just say we don't like it, so I don't believe it. Or we could say, yeah, maybe he's right, but I don't know what to do with that. I mean, we might say that's just too big, too complex a problem. I'm sort of right here in my sort of small corner of the world. I can't really change that, so I don't think I'm going to worry too much about it. Here's the problem with that approach. We've got this generation of people who are walking away from God. Are we just going to let that happen? Are we just going to say, yeah, I know who Jesus is. I know that he's changed my life. I know that he's changed eternity for me. I know that I've been forgiven by God. I know all of these things, but even though it's powerfully impacted who I am and where I'm going, I'm not really too concerned about other people. And I'm not concerned about my maybe brothers or sisters, children, grandchildren. I'm not going to do anything about it because it's just too big a problem. Or we can think this through. You know, I don't have all the answers to this. I can't solve this problem. We can't solve it on our own. But what can we do in our place and in our time? 
What is there to do in this community, in this community of faith, to make a difference in this area? That's the discussion I'd like for us to begin to have this month as we talk through this series, What's Wrong With You? The question that the church really, uh, the world really is asking the church. And there's five reasons that he gives. We're going to talk about some of those and some others. But today I want us to think about this question that, that the people in our culture are asking us. Why are you so judgmental? Why are you so judgmental? And maybe our response is, I'm not judgmental, right? Nobody wants to say, yes, I'm judgmental and I like it, right? We want to say, that's somebody else. Somebody else is judgmental. Yeah, those people are out there, but it's not me. And you know what? That may be true. Maybe you're not judgmental. But the thing is, the people in our culture, right or wrong, whether they're talking about us or not, they see the church as judgmental. Right? And here's part of the reason they see that. When we look at pictures like this, Christians demonstrating in this way, okay? If you're a homosexual and you see Christians holding signs like that, guess what? You're going to say, Christians are judgmental. I knew they were, and this proves it. Okay, we may not agree with what we see there. But oftentimes, even though we might say we disagree, we're painted with the same brush. They see us as judgmental. And maybe we might also say, you know what? People who are not Christians, who are saying things we don't agree with, they can sometimes be just as nasty as people like that. And you know what? You might be right about that too. But it really doesn't matter. Anytime we're on the opposite side of some kind of political or social divide and we say the people over there are just as bad as we are, We've lost. Okay? If our standard is how the world acts, we've lost. We've got to think about how is the image of Christ being portrayed? What are people saying about Christians and how can we change that? People in our culture are looking at us and saying, why? Why are you so worried about changing my life? Why are, so you, why are you so worried about what's going on in my bedroom or my doctor's office or my place of worship or place that I don't go to worship? Why are you so concerned about me and what I'm doing? Maybe that's not the way we would phrase it again, but that's still the question that's being asked. The question that we have to grapple with. And we may want to say that it's unfair. We may want to say that they're not right, but that's still the image. So what do we as the church do about it? Well, we're not going to change everything. We can't change sort of the national picture. But maybe there's some things that we can do in our community, in this place, at this time, to make a difference. And to get at that, I'd like to turn to some words from Jesus. Now, we might say, yeah, but Jesus, sometimes Jesus seemed a little judgmental, right? Sometimes Jesus was pretty unafraid to call people out and say what he thought about people. Here's what I notice about Jesus. Jesus was much more willing to confront people like me than he was to go out in the world and identify everyone else's sins. Jesus was much more likely to call out somebody who was like a religious professional than he was other people. 
Jesus was much more likely to look at someone like me and say, man, you're a hypocrite. Why are you judging everybody else? Why are you imposing burdens on everybody else? Why are you calling everybody else? Look at your own life. Now, Jesus was unafraid to talk about sin in general. We know that. But he seemed much more concerned about this stuff than maybe what was going on. What did Jesus say? Let's hear. Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 32, Jesus says this, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Jesus says, don't get too excited about your faith if you're loving people who already love you. That's not a big accomplishment, okay? Even people who really don't care anything about God or God's ways, man, if people show them kindness, they're probably going to return that kindness. They're going to love them. Verse 33, and if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that, and they do that too. And that's just sort of human interaction. People are nice to you, you're nice to them most of the time. Okay, that's the way it works. Don't compliment yourself for that. Here's where it gets more difficult, verse 35. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Jesus says, here's the challenge. Loving people who oppose you. Loving people who have a different standard. Loving people who think differently, who have a different worldview. Loving people who have identified things that are wrong, that you believe are right, that they would call right, that you think are wrong. People who think and act differently from you. Loving them. Now there's an accomplishment. And you know what? That's what God does. That's the way God's treated you. He's loved you even when you didn't deserve it. The next verse. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. You see, we've all received mercy that we didn't deserve. When we were doing stuff that was wrong, God knew it was wrong. Maybe we knew it was wrong. We were doing it anyway. What did God do? He showed us mercy. And then verse 37. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And some of us, when we hear Jesus say that, want to say, did he really mean that? Did he really mean that because... Shouldn't we be out there telling people that they're wrong? Shouldn't we be out there making sure they know that they're sinners? I mean, isn't it our responsibility to point out sin? Isn't that what we should do? And yet Jesus says, do not judge. What did he mean by that? I think the next line tells us a little bit. Do not condemn. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Jesus is saying, listen... It's not your job. It's not your job to decide who's in and who's out. It's not your job to decide the people that, that God loves and maybe decide other groups that God doesn't love. 
It's not your job to do that. Yeah, you can talk about sin. You can talk about what's right and wrong. When you get into identifying people and groups of people that you want to oppose because of what they're doing, that's, that's the dangerous ground. So what is Jesus saying here? And what does it say about how we relate to this culture in which we as Christians are seen as judgmental? I think it's this, and it's simple. Lead with love. Start with love. We're not saying that Christians never talk about sin. We're not saying that we should never identify what's right and wrong. We should. It's clear. Scripture gives us clear guidelines about what's right and what's wrong, what is sinful and needs to be changed in lives. There's not question about that. But it's not where we have to start every conversation. It's not where we have to start every relationship. Lead with love. Our mission statement is to love God and love others. And if we begin with just how much God loves the people around us and how we love them as well, that's a better conversation. And again, we're not going to change how Christians are perceived across our culture, but, but maybe we have the opportunity to begin to change some things about how some people we know understand the church and how the people that we know view Christians. We could say it this way, when we lead with love, we take small steps to overcome the perception that Christians are judgmental. We're not going to take it all away, but how we act might begin to have some impact on how your family, your friends, your co-workers understand Christians and the church. You know, when we lead with love, we begin to earn the right to talk about sin and how people need to change later on. They're probably not listening at the beginning. They're not ready for that. They don't want to hear that. But when they know how much we care, then we have the opportunity to talk about God's plan for their lives. Not just the sin they're committing, but how God can make them whole, how God can change them. That's part of the message. We believe that Jesus changes lives. We believe that. We've seen that. We've seen that in ourselves. And if we believe that, then we can lead with love and speak truth along the way and allow God to change people. And maybe even change the perception that we just love judging people. You know, we have an opportunity in our, in our community. We can choose to be Jesus to the people around us, choose to represent Jesus. And if we do, many of them will expect us to be judgmental. Many of them will expect us to, to right off the bat, tell them where they're wrong and identify their sin for them. Don't. Lead with love. Earn the right to speak into their lives. Allow God to work. Let's pray together. This is sort of hard for us because we don't, we don't have all the answers. We don't even know how to deal with all this stuff, but that help us just to follow the instruction of Jesus. Help us to be creative in the way that we show love to the people around us. And God, we're, we're going to speak truth. We're going to speak it in a way that shows that we really do love and allow you to be at work and your spirit to be at work. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen.